0: This week, we continue our work through this series called This We Believe, where we are walking through the basics of our faith using the the small catechism, those six parts of the foundation of our faith that guide us to a a life that's secure, that's stable, that has a strong foundation from which we can step into all of the challenges and and, and changes and circumstances that life throws our way. We know that we are are secure. We know that we are are well-founded when we cling to these things that God has given us. So today, we're talking about the gift of communion. The sacrament of the altar, the, the, the mystery that meets us when we gather around a place where God gives us the gift of his son Jesus through bread and wine. There's a lot of different traditions of faith throughout the world that, that have different ideas about what this particular gift of God means. But here in our church, we cling to the ancient tradition, the understanding that has been passed our way all the way from the apostles that takes Jesus at his word that this truly is his body and blood in and with and and contained by and and in combination with the, the bread and wine. Now, we don't understand that the bread and wine change into the body and blood of Christ, but rather Jesus Christ, who is ascended and in heaven reigning over all things, has miraculously given of himself so that we might benefit from him through these gifts of bread and wine, his body and his blood. It gives us forgiveness of sins. It gives us new life. It assures us of eternal salvation, life with God in heaven forever. What an amazing gift. We're going to look at this gift through the lens of a story that takes place in Luke chapter 17, where Jesus heals 10 men of a disease called leprosy. This disease had them cast out and kept away from the rest of society. And not only that, they were kept aside from the rest of society in an in a nation, in an area that was not regarded as insiders by the nation of Israel. This was in Samaria. This was a different place. These were outsiders who were cast even further outside by their disease. And yet Jesus went to them and he healed them. We're going to look at this story as a way that communicates to us the same principle of meeting us that takes place in communion. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. He entered a village there. Ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, Praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. So this familiar story maybe to you has a couple of details I really want to focus on together in the next couple of minutes. First of all, like I said before, the village is on the border of Samaria and Galilee. It's on the northern part of Israel. It's far away from Jerusalem. It's in a place that people would have avoided to pass through. And yet Jesus decided to walk through there where surely he would only come across people that didn't belong in this group of Israelites, the insiders. He was going through a place where he would surely run into outsiders. And not only that, as he walked through the village, there was this small colony of cast out lepers. This disease that was so contagious, they were kept away from the rest of society. There was even religious laws surrounding the separation that must have been, uh, that must be maintained between these people and the rest of the community. So they were out there in their little enclave. And as Jesus walked by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy, heal us. And Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest. This is an interesting story because Jesus doesn't employ any kind of physical mechanic to work healing. He doesn't have them put mud on their skin or go wash in a river. He just says, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they're walking to the priest, they are healed. This is pretty profound, I think, because it shows that they followed Jesus' direction before seeing that his word would take root and actually make a difference. They had faith that his instruction would work the healing they needed before they got to the priest they were showing themselves to. Jesus' word worked healing as they were going. And after that, this Samaritan, this foreigner, as Jesus called him, this outsider, this one that didn't deserve contact with the Messiah because Jesus came for his people, And yet we know that Jesus as the Messiah for his people opens wide the door to a relationship with God with all people who would believe in him. So this outsider who realizes that he is healed comes back to Jesus to say thank you and to worship him. The way that he worships him is usually described in the Bible as the way people worship God in heaven. And yet here in Luke 17 we get this picture of a man worshiping Jesus as an indication of Jesus' connection and relationship with His Heavenly Father, where we see that Jesus is true God and true man, recognized by this outsider, this foreigner, who is cast out because of his disease, healed by Jesus. And he comes to Him and he says, Thank you, Lord, praise God for what you have done. And Jesus says, Your faith has healed you. And He goes and shows Himself to the priest. So, how does this connect with communion? There's not any talk about wine. There's no talk about uh, forgiveness of sins even. But here's what is happening. Jesus meets a group of men who are cast out because of something beyond their control. They have a disease. And he says, go and be healed. And he heals them as they are going, as they are walking in through life. On their way to the priest, there is this disease that is cleansed from them. And they are pure and they can go show themselves to the priest and be cleansed spiritually. Because after they are physically healed, they must go be verified as healed by the priest and be welcomed back into the community. Jesus makes these outsiders into insiders. He brings them in to the family. He brings them in to the community. And that same kind of thing is what happens at communion. You see, when we come to the altar in worship, we carry with us a disease of sin, the problem that we are born into, where we can't help but go against God's design for us. We can't help but put ourselves first. We can't help but hurt other people. We are broken, we are corrupt. Not only are we uncontrollably born into sin, but we actually go out and do sin according to our own will, our own, our own selfish desires. We partake in the sin that we are born into and we are responsible for it. And so we bring all of that weight and guilt with us to the altar of communion. And Jesus says, here is where I can cleanse you. Here is where I can make you pure again. Here is where I can set you apart for my promises. Now we know that forgiveness of sins and eternal life was won for us on the cross, but God works through His Word, His Son, Jesus, to announce that great forgiveness and to deliver it to us that we might receive forgiveness and receive eternal life from Him. And He does that through specific ways through the Word that's proclaimed, through baptism, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and here through communion. Jesus sets apart communion specifically in the Gospels and in the the epistles as the delivery of himself that was crucified and raised from the dead for you and me to receive a tangible gift, a tangible moment of contact with our Savior. Forgiveness of sins, new life, the assurance of an eternal relationship and reality with God our Father. As we look to the small catechism, for guidance on this particular aspect as well as the five other pieces of this worship series, we're reminded of the simple truths around communion. What takes place? Who deserves this? What is the benefit of this eating and drinking? These words Martin Luther writes given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins show us that in the sacrament that is in communion forgiveness of sins life and salvation are given us through these words for where there is forgiveness of sins there is life and salvation. Jesus said it himself Do this in remembrance of me for the forgiveness of your sins. When we are forgiven, we are given a new life. And when we live in that new life through the work of the Holy Spirit, we become more and more like the people God is calling us to be. More and more following in the example of Jesus. And more and more confident and sure in the relationship we will have with Him forever. Through communion, Jesus meets us. He crosses over the border that separates us from God. The border that was dug out by our sin. He comes to the place where we are found, on this earth, in this life. Just like He went to the leper colony outside of the border between Samaria and Galilee, He comes into this world. And that story becomes becomes the picture of the entire manifestation, the incarnation of Jesus and what he would do on this earth. He comes to this place and and we say, Lord, help us. We cry out to him. He says, go on your way. Show yourselves to the priests. I have made you clean. I have made you well. I have washed away your guilt And the proof of that, the delivery of that gift, the salvation that was won in his death and resurrection given to us through simple elements of bread and wine, deeper than a symbol. It is the true contact with our Savior. God has given us this gift. Let us rejoice in it. Let us approach it with confidence Let us know that when we bear our guilt and sin before Him, He meets us where we're at and He says, I will make you pure, I will make you clean, I will forgive your sins. And this new life that brings us together, when we participate in this together, we are found to be a part of this greater community, outsiders once but insiders now. He has called us His own. And the connection that forms between us and the people that we worship with, that we profess the same faith as, the people that we take communion alongside of, that bond is strengthened and our witness through that unity becomes so much greater. Communion is a powerful and beautiful gift that God gives us. It's a place where Jesus meets us in the flesh to give us forgiveness, to, a, to give us new life, the life that's modeled after Him, to give us confidence in eternal life. Amen.